Do you have somebody in your life who loves books? Somebody who not only loves books, but always wants to share what she's reading with you, thinking that you're going to love her latest selection? <laughs> and inevitably, you just can't stand that book that they recommended. Oh, that is us. No. <laughs> We both read a lot. Well, I don't even read. I listen. But we very rarely agree on what constitutes a good read. I mean, we will this time because this book's fabulous. All agreement. All, all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy books that build up new worlds, inviting magic and mystery into our lives. Science fiction and fantasy rule. Mm. <laughs> I listen to a variety, but it's all grounded in reality. You can keep all that other silliness. Welcome to our podcast. You're making me read what? Your hosts on this monthly podcast are myself, Jessica, and my colleague, Christine. We're librarians who get a thrill out of a great book, but usually can't stand what the other person is reading. We've each selected some of our all-time favorite books, and each month we'll alternate between the lists with the goal of persuading the other to enjoy a read she would never have picked up on her own. <laughs> oh, this, this is going to be a rough episode. This, this already hurts. <laughs> Not for me. I love my book. but So even a book that isn't entirely your style might have, I'm getting glared at so hard right now, might have some redeeming qualities to it, right? Okay, it's not a glare, just it was it was a quizzical look. Oh, okay. We're definitely going to need to do a spoiler alert for Hit this it. one. Yes. Yeah. So now is the time for us to warn you that we're going to be discussing the whole book, including the ending and any magical twists of which there are a variety. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't read the book yet, this month's selection is Light from Uncommon Stars by Rekka Aoki. Uh, And if you don't want us to spoil anything for you, please stop listening now and join us again after you have read it or, oddly, decided you don't want to read it. (laughs) But who would do that? So, okay, I have got to ask. So my lead up last month and however long ago we added this book to the list was I had no idea how you were going to feel about it. Which puzzles me. Why would you not know? Well, one of the themes of this book is hope. And sometimes I live in hope because it is a nice place to be. <laughs> and even though some of the more magical themes of this book may not have been the best fit for your normal reading style, there are some interesting storylines if you can wrap your head around some of the twists that they take. Okay. I would definitely agree about that. And there were there were a handful of things that I really, really liked about the book, which I will get to later. Why don't you give um, our listener, because my mom stopped. So it's really just Amy now. Um Hi, Amy. Let's give Amy a synopsis. Our bajillions of listeners are going to love this. Hmm. So I I liked this sentence, and I thought I'd start with this. So I I read this book the first time maybe a year ago when it came out, Mm -hmm. and then I skimmed it over again in advance of our podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, we do some research. So one of the sites I found, I think it was Goodreads, had just like a single-sentence blurb, and it Mm -hmm. says, and it's an adventure set in California's San Gabriel Valley with cursed violins, Faustian bargains, and a queer alien courtship over fresh-made donuts. And I was like, that's everything! It's all in there! Um, so the, the book is interesting. It follows three main female characters. Um, it follows Sh- Shizuka Satomi, mm-hmm. who is a musician. She's a violinist. And she is, uh, towards the end of her career, she has trained and mentored and uh, not accidentally siphoned the souls away from some of her prodigies mm-hmm. in order to fulfill her own Faustian bargain with a demon who helped her become better in her own craft. She has one soul left to send to the underworld at the start of this book. Another main character is Katrina Wynn, who is a young trans woman who has run away from her home. And she happens to be a prodigy in violin, although she plays more interesting 
uh, topics than than classical stuff. And so she is found by Mm -hmm. uh, Shizuka and taken under her wing so that she can fulfill her her bargain. And this this young woman Mm -hmm. is going to get... Get in trouble. As Sent a, as down the to the other underworld. To the underworld, yes. I'm trying to make sure I don't say H-E double hockey sticks. So that's why I keep <laughs> pausing. Um, and then our third main character was the part I think I thought you were going to find the hardest. <laughs> so, like, the, the rest of the story, like, okay, Faustian bargains. Sure. You're, you're selling your soul. There's musicians. You're, you're leading to this kind of climactic concert at the end. But then the side story is around a character named uh, Lon Tram. Mm-hmm. And Lon and her four children run a donut store. Like one of those big donut stores you see when you're going down the highway and it's got like a giant, I don't know, it's not concrete. I, well, they said Ceramic. it was concrete, but I would say fiberglass. Like. Yes. A beautiful glistening donut in the yes. sky, which called to me. Sure. More like than, a beacon. More than the music in the book did. <laughs> the donuts called to me. So she and her children run this donut store. And at the start, you're like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then you find out that they are intergalactic refugees. Well, like minute, not even minutes, seconds mm-hmm. into the mm-hmm. exchange, they call her captain. And, <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what is happening in this family? And they call the they call the ovens replicators. Yes. And they have one reference donut that right. they took from another donut store that they just keep replicating the same donut over and over again because they have, like, juiced up the ovens. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have settled on planet Earth because... She and her family are fleeing the end plague, which is taking over the rest of the universe. So they have landed on Earth. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. So they've landed on Earth, and they've picked this specific spot because eventually they're building this stargate to get further away. And so Lon, the the matriarch of the family, who's just trying to save her family, mm-hmm. meets Shizuka, mm-hmm. who's stealing people's souls. Yes. To, to give to the de- demon in order to not die herself. So they meet over donuts, and then you've got this, like, weird adjacent love story for the two of them. Intergalactic love story. So that, that part I figured you were going to have a hard time with. <laughs> it's almost like you've met me. <laughs> Occasionally. But I figured it was just, it's so original. Uh-huh. Like, there are so many books you read, and you're like, okay, trope one, trope right, two. Right, right. Okay, I know where we're going. Right. And this one, I had no idea. No idea. <laughs> that what is, was going to happen next? That is very true. And so you also left out another huh. kind of a minor story that keeps poking in. Which one? The one, um, Lucia Matea. Oh, her, the Shizuki's Andrew, who yeah. is another woman, another strong female character mm-hmm. who has been her whole life conditioned to think that because she's a woman, she's not good enough. So that was a very common thread Mm -hmm. throughout the book of gender stereotyping and gender shaming. Absolutely. So I don't know if you did a ton of research on the author, but the author herself is trans. Mm -hmm. So uh, Rika is an American author. Mm -hmm. She uh, has a master's in fine arts. She has written a number of uh, fiction, poetry, and nonfiction items. She is a professor at a college in California. Um, and she is uh, a very prolific person in her community mm-hmm. uh, speaking on trans rights and trans issues. Yeah. And, I mean, you can kind of feel from the vibe of this book, one of the main characters is herself, a young trans runaway woman. Right. Uh, most of the love stories are queer. Mm-hmm. And that's not the main focus of the book. It just happens to be part of the book. Right. But, well, that and kind of the anti-Asian Yes. Sentiment yes. that kind of 
when she wrote this book, which was at the start of the pandemic, um, that a lot of that was going on yeah, because there yeah. was this community fear or mm-hmm. angst that because the coronavirus may have originated in China, right. it just swept into the U.S. and right. people were doing these awful things to members of their community just because of what they look like. Their nationality, right. Like it's happening yeah. all over again. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so she's a really interesting author. Yeah. She's she's won a couple awards. She uh, was either nominated or won the Hugo Award for Best Novel for Light from Uncommon Stars. Um, she's just a really interesting author. Mm-hmm. And so much of that pervades some of the storylines mm-hmm. about female empowerment, about mm-hmm. what it means to be human and care for other people, yeah. about what it means to be human and not care for other people. <laughs> um, and that factors in. <laughs> yeah. So it's fascinating. Yeah. So tell me some of the stuff beyond the donuts that you had a problem with, because I'm really interested in smacking those arguments down. Oh, I, I see. <laughs> well, I'm going to start I'm off. I'm joking. I'm joking. No, no, no. I'm going to start off with what I loved about it because... <gasps> it's all of it. No, no, oh. not all. Okay. Um, Close. Because... Our last month's selection, we kind of laughed that it was the trifecta for me because it was set in (laughs) the country of Wales. It was the main character was a ceramicist Uh or ceramist and um, it had a goofy hound dog. So like that was my three like Christine all the way. There you go. Yep. This one just was phenomenally Jessica. I know, it was so good. Every aspect, like I was like, oh, of course you, oh, of course you, oh, of course. So um, it's set in California. Mm-hmm. Yes, land of my home. Yes, mm-hmm. um, the donuts. I mean, I can't even say any more than that. Well, I mean, the donuts were kind of the epicenter of the food portion of this. Yes. But it was also a book that paid homage to a lot of different types of foods. Oh, my God, did it. Yes. Oh, I just snoozed through all <gasps> of these ridiculous uh, yeah, I ridiculous. Don't, I don't need to hear food being described in that kind of detail. Well, I know. Excuse I'm broken. you, I, f- because for sure. But I was. Oh. <laughs> oh. I mean, you're not broken. You, we can heal you. <laughs> through, There's still hope through food <laughs> and food descriptions. <laughs> it was so lovely. So, like, some of it was. So, most of the characters are Asian and Asian American, mm-hmm. or s- space travelers who have taken on a form that is Asian. There is also some. Um, Latina. Yes. Latinx. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. From Shizuki's staff. Yeah. Yes. And so a lot of the dishes you hear about are things like, you know, egg drop soup. Mm -hmm. And, oh, it made me so hungry. But there's also, like, this really lengthy discussion of eggplant parmesan. (laughs) There really is. It was. To say it was lengthy is is kind of cutting it short. (laughs) Underselling it. So (laughs) I appreciated the food dialogue much more than I appreciated the music dialogue. Interesting. Yeah. And I... I had written out myself a note about this. I think I have our time auditorizing, like okay. taking the words about music and mm-hmm. turning it into like that mm-hmm. feeling when you listen to music. Yeah. Whereas food, I was like, oh, yes, I <laughs> I have the mouth feel for it. Yes. I, I am there with you. Was it easier for you with the music? No, no. I, I don't even know how to read music. I, I'm very musically inept in terms of like I haven't studied it. Oh, okay. Um, but – it did occur to me that she was really going for every cent, sense to try oh, yes. to like figure out all the things that make us human and all the things that make us enjoy life and so mm-hmm. that it's not just rote. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Agreed. But it was a little – to me it was a little like I was being banged on the head. Um, a little too much. It was a little too obvious. <laughs> okay. But okay. I'm back to my Jessica list. The, the descriptions of the food was okay. the next thing on my list. Yep. Video games. I know. It was so great. Oh, my God. So all Delightful. the factors of video games mm-hmm. into 
And then the last thing that just really screamed Jessica Hudson to me was <laughs> the justice component. Yes. And so That's I knew that that would just all of that would appeal to you. And um, so I enjoyed it so much through your eyes, just <laughs> being like, this is such a perfect Jessica book that made me enjoy it, even though it wasn't. You know, I'm not into video games. Um, and I'm, I mean, I could help you with that. Right. We, we could get large quantities of food. Sure. And then play video games. So what Christina is referencing is, um, so Katrina in here is an unconventional violinist prodigy. And instead of playing classical music or being classically trained, she is more self-taught. Mm -hmm. And she has taught herself off of video game music. And so at the very kind of pinnacle of the book when she's competing in this community garden fair competition. Right. I don't know what to call it at this point. Um, she is playing a variation on a musical soundtrack from a video game. And I personally play probably more video games than I should. <laughs> and I, even though generally with music, I'd be like, okay, right. Chopin, Mozart, yeah, whatever. This one, I was like, oh, yes. If I pretended like this was XXX game or YYY game, oh, yeah, I know what music is going on there. I'm going to bob my head along. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Yes. I, I did like those aspects of sure. it just, you know, from your lens, um, <laughs> from knowing you as I do and knowing how much you would relate to it and get excited about it. Well, what good little bookends we've done with these two podcasts, with your book mm -hmm. last month and exactly. mine. I, you're going to have a lot to live up to with next month's selection. Oh, you just you wait. <laughs> just you wait. Okay, so those um, are the goodies. Those were the good things. Okay. So, and I referenced that I felt like she kind of beat me over the head. Like, there was really nothing subtle about the book. No. Um, and so, you know, that that's not my style so much. Mm -hmm. um, I would rather figure some of the stuff out rather than be kind of mm -hmm. beaten over the head with it. Okay. Um, I, can, I can see that. I definitely liked learning about the struggles of trans people. Mm -hmm. I think that that is important. And I think she did a really good job explaining just the fears of going to the bathroom, you know, simple things that um, yeah. cisgender people take for granted every day. Um, so... I I wouldn't say I enjoyed that because it's tragic, but I felt like that was it felt important. realistic. Yeah, yeah, it was yes. important and it was well written. So I, you know, Agreed. I respected that part a lot. One of the parts that we probably should have said at the start with the spoiler alert, but mm -hmm. say now, is there are some pretty graphic scenes about mm -hmm. sex work. Sure. Um, so Katrina is trans and mm -hmm. is, you know, transitioning, but is not done transitioning. Right. And uh, when she runs away, engages in sex work in order to survive, survive to have money. Mm -hmm. And some of it is pretty detailed. Yep. Um, so I did some quick flips through some of those pages. <laughs> um, but some of the book felt really cathartic. Mm -hmm. Like if I was reading it and I knew that the author had written this during the pandemic and a mm -hmm. time when we were already – very fearful yeah. at the very beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. Very fearful and very nervous and very cautious yeah. about what was to come. And isolated. Yes. And I knew that she was both trans and a member of the Asian American community. Mm -hmm. And so reading kind of the the sharp transitions and yeah. the chapters and the timeline and the viewpoints and the perspective that she off offered both for um, her her part in the trans community and the musical community because she's also a, a composer. Okay, it was fascinating to yeah. me because I am I am none of those things. Yeah, but I felt like I had this little window that gave me a little bit more insight and compassion. Yeah, I I didn't mind the the abruptness and the non subtlety of it because for some for some readers you, you just gotta get smacked over the head with yeah. things that do not relate to your everyday life. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't mind the abruptness of the um 
moving the story along, sure. like the timeline, that was totally fine for me. Mm. Um, I did really enjoy learning about violins, like the physicality of it. And, I want to care about that part. <laughs> yeah, so that was interesting to me. Um, I don't like the way violins sound. Even even really, really great violinists, I, it's just an unpleasant sound to my ear. Okay. Um, and so, and I listen to classical music. It's it's on my clock radio so that when I wake up in the morning, yeah. um, because it is often violin and it will get me out of bed because I hate it so much. So. <laughs> okay, this was maybe not... <laughs> the Christine choice, though. But no, no, no. Yeah. That was fine from that perspective because I wasn't hearing the violin. Sure. Like, I was just learning about it, which I actually found fascinating. So I enjoyed that part. Have you ever read a book where when you get to either the very end or at the very beginning, they include a soundtrack that they that they either wrote and said, like, I listened to these works hmm. while I was writing this. Oh. Or I suggest you listen to these as you were reading it. No, I haven't. That's fascinating. I will have to find one of those because hmm. I've had a couple. Okay. Um, and... They're both interesting, right? Because then you get this like additional layer of sometimes kind of angstiness, some kind of lightness. Okay, I'm going to put that in the back burner for for future book selections. Okay, yeah. Well, well, that is way more likes than I thought you were going to have for this, which is great. And then this is just just spoke to me because it's (laughs) it. You'll understand. Uh, Shizuka says to Katrina at one point, most people were too unimaginative to eat Cinnabon for lunch. I'm like, what is wrong with those people? Yeah. How how dumb do you have to be not to figure out that Cinnabon is a completely it's a complete lunch? It is delicious. We are not getting paid to sponsor Cinnabon, <laughs> by the way. If anyone was wondering, that's not what this happening. But we would consider it. I mean, I would eat it. Yes. Um, <laughs> those those are folks that are living very small lives. If yeah. you if you can't consider it, I like. There were a lot of interesting statements, like so. Lon, the the mom, the donut retired lady. spaceship captain, donut concierge, I guess. Um, she has four kids, and they are her, her actual four children. And Except for Shirley, who's except for one weirdo. Who is, okay. Well, sorry. I it's didn't her mean child to derail in you. metaphorical sense. It's like part of the ship. It's like the AI system for the ship, right? Yeah. Um, but the interactions between these aliens mm-hmm. who have taken on human bodies, running a donut shop, and becoming kind of teenagers, uh-huh. and t- like sass-talking their yes. mom, and going out without telling where they're going. And whining at each other. It was so funny and yeah. so silly and so relatable yeah. inside of a story that you're like, I didn't really expect to see that. <laughs> okay. I-, I like where this is going. Um, what did you think of the end? Um, I did not like it at all. Really? Yeah. It was a, it was a – well, so I had trouble with Shizuka – she just wasn't likable to me at all. Agreed. And so I struggle with that. Mm-hmm. But then she would have her moments where she was super compassionate and she would come out with these like <laughs> like just when Katrina expected to be like beaten like a dog and mm-hmm. she would be cowering, Shizuka would just nonchalantly be like, What are you talking about? It's all good mm-hmm. and validate her. So she had her moments where she was really compassionate, although mm-hmm. it never struck me as compassion. It was just more like sort of like, this is the way the world is. Like, she's wor- world-weary. I think you're right. I, I will fess up. She was certainly not my favorite character either. And I think part of my issue was also with the ending. Okay. And the fact that there was really no comeuppance. Yeah. Right? So at the end of the book, the demon Tremon? Tremon? Tremon. Tremon the Philippe. demon. Sure. Tremon Philippe. Tremon Philippe, the demon. Uh, there's no more extensions. Shizuka has to give him the final soul, and she's not going to do it. 
either Katrina's or her own. Uh-huh. Some souls yes, getting given exactly. up. Exactly. She's not going to give Katrina's away. Right. So she reaches a moments, mm-hmm. but she's already given up six people. Right. So not good. <laughs> and has shown very little remorse throughout the book for those six people. A- absolutely. And she was still planning to give up mm-hmm. Katrina. Until the very end. Yeah. Yes. And at the end of the book, one takes her up into a spaceship uh-huh. so that the demon Tremon can't get her. And yeah. that was the end. She like, yeah. And I mean, she ages sure. at the end of the book because she no longer has this magical demon, whatever, power uh, <laughs> to keep her young. So she gets like a little bit. But I, I liked parts of the end. I liked that Katrina, who was our main focus point for this, has a stronger start. Like she is, mm-hmm. she has a, a jumping off point yes. at the end of this book. Yes. And I liked that the kind of very sweet, gentle romance between Lon and Shizuka had some culmination. But I, I do agree that there should have been something more for Shizuka. And I don't know what it should have been, but... Yeah. 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 It, it, and it seemed... Well, maybe she's planning on writing uh, subsequent oh gosh, I hope books so. because it, it just everything was kind of left hanging. Mm-hmm. Like um, Lucia Matea, the mm-hmm. violin repair person... Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of possibilities now because she's been wanting to hand this family-owned shop down to her son, yeah. but she feels like she's not um, good enough yeah. to really teach him how to yeah. repair these violins. All those pictures of men on the wall. Yeah. It's just and, There's no lady violinist repair people. This is not for girls. This yeah. is not for girls. So um, and running around in her head. So yes. it, really nothing was tied up. To my satisfaction. Okay. And the whole thing with Shirley. Shirley is just, she's this AI, <laughs> like, what, what a hologram. Hologram. So, um, it's part of her, yes. Yes. And so she, she's just with Katrina now, but I don't know what that looks like. Like, I'm okay with that not part. fleshed out. I don't, har. I don't need to know what that looks like. It just made me happy that they found each other. Yes. Okay. That part was fine. Um, there were a lot of, like, when I was doing my kind of, data searching to make sure I had good information about the author and some interesting quotes. There were a lot of spaces where they compared this book to Becky Chambers' series. Okay. And the first book in that is the, I might miss a word in here, the Long Road to a Small Angry Planet. Okay. And I've read that whole series. Okay. And it's, there's four of them. And they're really interesting because they're they're like slice of life novels. Okay. So like the first book is on a spaceship going someplace, and it's about the people who are manning and living on the spaceship. Okay. And the next one is like on the planet, and then you know it keeps going and stuff like that. And and those ones don't really have resolutions either. Okay. Because it's a slice of life. Mm-hmm. You are, and I'm using that phrase because I also watch too much anime and read too many manga. <laughs> um, and those books are just meant to give you like a window in. Okay. Like this is happening in this moment. And if the moment ends and there's no resolution, maybe you'll get it next time. But also, you were just looking in. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually appealing to me if I know that that's the bargain when I enter into sure, it. Sure, sure. If I don't, I think I feel like the rug was kind of yanked out. I still think this was better than I could have expected <laughs> with the, the the convergence of so many magical storylines. Mm-hmm. Um it was over. That I'm going to give you a thumbs up on this one. Overrun by the conver- convergence of Jessica mm-hmm, features. Mm-hmm. If there were not so many Jessica features, 
the score would have been far less. Oh, I'll so take it. It was just I'll take it. you know out of yeah. out of fondness. <laughs> <laughs> I will use your affection for me to get you to enjoy more books in the future. That is fine. I have no problems ethically on that. Well, you know, you're not stealing my soul, so I think that's you know that's thumbs up for you. Yeah. I had one more thing I wanted to share before you, you tell us what next next uh, next month's book is. So when I was re-skimming this book and I was thinking about what an interesting original storyline this was, mm-hmm. it reminded me of this weird little bit of trivia I heard years ago. Do you remember this, the Outcast song Hey Ya when it came out? I don't know. So uh, maybe the early 2010s okay. and it had the Part of the chorus was shake it like a Polaroid picture. Okay. Hey, hey, yeah. Do, do, do. Hey, hey, yeah, yeah. Like that. Okay. So the song had a much different beat mm-hmm. and tone and vibe than so many of the other kind of mainstream songs that were at that mm-hmm. point in time. And whatever radio station I was listening to, or maybe NPR at that point, um, they talked about how radio stations purposely sandwiched that song in between two mainstream songs. So they would have yeah. like, I don't know. An Ed Sheeran song, right? And then they put on Outcast Hey Ya, and then they'd have some, right. I don't know, another another song, something. right? Apparently, don't know any mainstream songs. Right. I cannot come up with anything. And that normalized what was a different type of tone or a different mm-hmm. type of meter, mm-hmm. so that when then people would start requesting it, got it. But before they had done that, people were like, "Ah, uh, this is kind of weird." Right? That is fascinating. Yeah, and that's what this book reminded me of. That yeah, it was just so different. And it had so many weird, complex, abrupt storylines to it. Mm-hmm. I went into it hoping to like it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I was I was rewarded because I right. was ready to like it. Um, but there are themes in here that might be uncomfortable for some people or yep. might not be things that they want to read. Right. And that's okay. Right. Um, but it was just so different yeah. than so many things I've read recently that yeah. I, I appreciated that part of it as well. I, I, I think that she did, even though it – it was a little overwhelming to me. I think she did a nice job of um, having different elements mm. so that if you didn't like the food aspect, you might like the music aspect. Sure. Or if you didn't like the music aspect, you might like you the might trans like the, aspect. Well, you might like the place setting in the San Gabriel Valley, which Absolutely. was delightful. Right, yeah. right, right. And I did I did write down, because I don't know how to read music and it's sort of magical to me, like that Same people here. can do it. Yeah. Um, one of the quotes was, it's a miracle that each time the notes are played, the music is reborn. Mm. And I, I think that's true. Um, and I enjoyed that. So thank you for making me read it. I oh. would never have picked this one up on my own. <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> and tell me what we're reading next month, and I will probably tell you I would never pick that up either. I feel strongly that that's accurate. Um, and there's a reason I'm picking this book now. Okay. Right behind uh, having yes. just read A Light from Uncommon Stars. Um I am going to ask you to read A Prayer for Owen Meany by John Irving. And I'm going to tell you, uh, that was a world-weary sigh. Mm. Um, I read this book only once 30 years ago. So I have no idea how I'm going to, like, I might just remember it terribly differently. Mm -hmm. But it it made a huge impact on me when I read it. So, um, and there are aspects about it that I want to kind of, reference to this book, which is why I want us to read Ooh. them near each other. Okay. I am I am down for that. You my, have a choice. My, I do, that's correct. <laughs> I do not. My world-weary sigh 
I will explain next month. Okay. <laughs> okay. So when we read. When we read. A Prayer for Owen Meany. Okay. By John Irving. So thank you for joining us for You're Making Me Read What? Even if this book wasn't your cup of tea, there are millions more where that came from. And don't forget, you can always grab these books and lots more at your local library. So please join us next month when we will be reading A Prayer for Owen Meany by John Irving. Thank you very much and keep on reading. <laughs>